a satellite sent to the outer fringes of space to collect organisms and dust for study, falls back to Earth, crash landing in a desolate area of Arizona. Fifty people are dead. The only survivors, an old man and a young baby. This is Just Crichton and King. Welcome to the inaugural first Just Crichton and King. It's a book podcast. My name is DK Smith, local author. I'm here today with one of my best and oldest friends, Chris Brooks. Good morning. We are recording this during the morning, so please oh, yeah, be aware. Yeah. As Michael Crichton, if he was here, he would tell you it's 11.07 a.m. And they had no idea that they were wrong. We're talking about the Andromeda strain today. We're going to talk about Crichton, Michael Crichton. We're going to talk about Jurassic Park later. I didn't want to start with Jurassic Park. It seemed too on the nose, you know? That's, and then you just blow it out because then people yeah. will only listen to the Jurassic Park one. They're not going to listen to like the disclosure episode that has to happen eventually that I'm not looking forward to. Chris, have you read any Michael Crichton before I forced you to read The Andromeda Strain? You did not force me. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. But you gave me the opportunity to expand my... You read repertoire. a lot. I do. I read a lot. I, I used to read a whole lot more. Okay. My With work and being an adult in life, my reading habits have slightly changed. And my ability to focus on books has definitely diminished in a way. I kind of have to be yeah. in the right mindset sometimes when it comes to reading books. Because if I enter a book in the in the wrong mindset, then it just kind of ruins, ruins the book it. for me. And it's yeah. just a trudge to the end of it. <laughs> yeah. They call Andromeda Strain a techno thriller. And they the say the birth that of the techno thriller. The birth of the, the first techno thriller, which essentially mm. means it's a story where something horrible goes wrong and really smart people interrupt each other. Because <laughs> the entire book is really smart people going, Hey, did you realize this was going on? I did realize this was going on. It's the acidosis thing. We have to start rapid breathing. And you just start to get mm. lost in it. And it's really funny because the book takes great pains to tell you that it's real. He even says like, if the reader has to struggle through some particularly dense, arid passages of medical I jargon, apologize. I apologize, <laughs> which I think is so, it's so perfectly realized. Yeah. You can see in the Andromeda strain, Crichton was like, I, I want to design the perfect hospital. Okay, it's five levels. And each subsequent level is more and more sterilization procedures. And uh -huh. one of the sterilization procedures is we put a big glass helmet on you and we burn the top layer of all your skin off. Yeah, that was crazy. That is so crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it just general first impressions of the book. Yeah. It was a lot shorter than I expected. It's quick. It's yeah, quick it's, it's, it's very quick. You don't get like he does explain in detail, like the medical side of things and things like that, yeah. like stuff that the, he doesn't think. I think he does a good thing in explaining the things he doesn't think the layman will understand. I, I think it holds up because a lot of it is written about the future. Mm -hmm. I think he's taking a big swing towards the future. He even talks about yeah. he talks about how the machine that they have will replace physicians in two years. Which, I mean, I was speaking to, I like, if, for you guys don't know, I work in the medical field. I work in the emergency department. So I was talking to actually some of the, the lab techs. There's a portion in the book where he talks about 
by getting the amino acids and how that's only going to take a couple of hours to get back. That test is actually, at least for us, it's five days to get back. Wow. Yeah. So it's like he took a big swing and a miss. It is relatively <laughs> quick for our particular hospital. It's a send out. Wow. So you have to mail yeah. it out or yeah, we, we, it? a courier comes to get it. Courier, we send right. it to uh, to slow uh, San Luis Obispo. You send it all the way to San Luis Obispo? Uh -huh. And wow, they that's run hundreds the test of miles. There. Yeah. They run the test there and then they send us the results back. So basically also the computers like in the book, the computers do a lot of the heavy lifting yeah. in regards to analyzing these tests and things like that. And guessing what's going to happen. And next. what's guessing the, the probabilities of situations. And I did like, so it's written in an era where there's no hard drives. They're, they're called storage banks. The book yes. is so old. Somebody on the back cover calls it a Cracker Jack novel, <laughs> which is something they only said. In a Cracker in Jack 60s. novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why people would call it something new, mm -hmm. how he could, how they could say like, this is something we've never seen. This is a techno thriller. This movie was a huge success. It was a, it was a, it was a box office hit like ER and all those medical shows come from this. Mm -hmm. You can, cause, cause he created ER, Michael Crichton created ER. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. So and I'm definitely going to watch the movie now after we finish this. Yeah, it's you're gonna it has the Harry Potter problem. You're gonna okay. find it difficult to sit through. I okay. certainly didn't. I've read this book twice and it was tough seeing that stuff because it's so well realized, I think, in the book. Uh -huh. There is a drug, he describes the drug trial for the cure to cancer. Mm -hmm. And then he talks about how it will kill you. Uh-huh. That Allison. is that that. Is that real? That's not no, real. No, that is not real. Okay. That is I, not a real drug. I was reading it. I was like, this isn't, this is, this can't be real. This is. No, can... but I mean, it's, ba I, I can see it being basically loosed on how chemo and radiation works because yeah. basically chemo is a poison you're in, you're taking into your body. That's attacking the uh, fast growing cells in your body. That's why when you're on chemo and radiation, you lose your hair because in your nails, because those are the fastest growing cells in the human body. See, and that's fascinating. Just yeah. what you told me right there. Imagine <laughs> an entire book of stuff like that, and you yeah. have a rough approximation of the Andromeda strain. Yeah. You haven't read a Michael Crichton novel. This was your first one. First one. Did you have fun reading it? For all intents and purposes, this book should not have been entertaining. It actually pretty much had me in from the beginning. You yeah. know, it's gripping. like, like I, I don't know if I, like I said, I came in at the right time as opposed to the wrong time, but it had me at the beginning the analogies to what's going on now kept me in kept me intrigued because like one of my favorite lines was in the beginning of the book it, it was it was a crisis chapter it says a crisis is made by men who enter into the crisis with their own prejudices propensities and predispositions what really got me was this next line it's a crisis is a sum of intuition and blind spots a blend of facts noted and facts ignored because then it really, really yeah. made me think about the cognitive dissonance that goes on right nowadays yeah. in regards to COVID. Because surprise, it's back. Uh, you can't say it's back when it never left. Like, I've been vaccinated since, like, the very beginning. But Did you get a booster yet? No, because I'm not immunocompromised. So oh, okay. That's only immunocompromised. That, right, now. That right now, they're strongly suggesting it for people who are immunocompromised. But you can always talk to your primary care doctor. <laughs> And you go into EMT mode. So, so sorry, easily. it's a habit. You can always it's talk your to doctor your primary about care <laughs> Everything that the scientists are working on, on like page 50 of this book is stuff that will be in future Michael Crichton works. He mentions a machine that'll carry out all human functions. 
which is the plot of Westworld. He talks about uh, it being self-duplicating, which is a, ending up in Jurassic Park. And he talks about mind control and biosynergics, which mm -hmm. is the plot uh, uh, roughly of The Terminal Man, his, his next novel. And then he even, 10 pages later, the military wants to use the Andromeda strain as a weapon. Which, which is, is invariably going to happen regardless yeah. of because that's just how the humans think of like and that's how the military thinks yeah there is problematic language there it is colorless in a way that you can almost ascribe race to any of these characters mm -hmm. but it never makes it never makes a point to specifically of, say to it. specifically say that they're mm -hmm. all white and then when you yeah. see the movie and they are all white except for the added black woman which i mm -hmm. really appreciated because she adds some humanity to it <laughs> and the other woman actually the the woman that plays levitt in the movie is really good and the movie shines when she's on screen because she's very sarcastic and awesome and she's okay. almost like a prototype for dr ian malcolm the book builds realistic suspense it does. In a way that I think is very interesting because it's constantly telling you that the characters survived. Yeah. How did you feel about that? Isn't that I, weird to read that? It's it depends on how they do it. Like, mm -hmm. like you said, his 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 suspense is short, but it's very effective. So yeah. I but answering your question specifically, I felt okay with it in this instance because because even from the beginning you knew some people survived because it right. the beginning of the book was written in a dossier type fashion. Yeah. Somebody so, had to have known yeah, the story. So someone right? had to have written it unless yeah. it's, it's like, I read this book, it's called Obsidian. It's a, like okay. a young adult uh, book where the way they read, it, like it changes the way it's written throughout the whole book. No, I didn't, you know, I did not mind the way he wrote that and sort of uh, foreshadowing because all writers use foreshadowing. Majority of writers use foreshadowing. Most most artistic visual art artistry uses foreshadowing just because that's a it way. Suspense. Yeah, it's all, and it's also a way to pay, not pay tribute, but to reward a reader or watcher for paying attention, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you saw this minuscule thing that I put at the beginning. Like I heard, I heard uh, Jordan Peele write something about that. He, cause like in regards to screening, uh, his screenings and stuff, he, he said that he sometimes gets notes in regards to how bloody or how callous or how whatever a scene is. Uh -huh. So he'll take that, but he won't remove it from the movie. He'll just put a mechanism earlier in to explain why that was necessary. Huh, I like and that. I thought that was like, oh, shit, that's kind of cool to think about it, where you don't change your vision based on what other people say, but you no. rework it in a way where it makes more sense to have it where it is. And I, so, and I, I, so I did not mind when he's like, oh, our Hall would later call this blah, blah, blah. Right. Our Stone in his- Stone said later at his yeah. uh, grand jury testimony. Yeah. And I think, I, I think the interesting thing about that is it's building suspense in terms of what is the Andromeda strain mm -hmm. and not who's going to make it. And I think taking that pressure of the suspense off of, is this character going to die? And putting it more on what's going on? How could this have happened? How can a town full of 50 people die all at once or kill themselves? And how could an old man and a baby be the only survivors? Yeah. And I think- And, and they, they drag that out, I think, to the certain 
a, a really good degree. Like they put this, the, the right amount of suspense on that in regards to how long you get from when they first introduce it to when they reintroduce it to when you get your, um, your denouement, if you will, yeah. in the end, in regards to it. Well, it's funny because I realized it reading it this time is what they're investigating is the happening. Have you ever seen The Happening? I have not, but it's on my list. So The Happening is a very goofy movie. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's in that, right? Yeah, it's Mark Wahlberg and it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's essentially something is happening around the world where people are killing themselves and no one knows why. Mm -hmm. And do you want to know how The Happening ends? Do you want to know the why in The Happening? I probably won't watch it. I've seen Bird Box. It sounds basically the same thing. It's essentially the same <laughs> thing. Uh, the plants are causing people to kill themselves. They're excreting something into the wind that once someone breathes it in, they it triggers them to kill themselves. And so there, there are a lot of, I think it's M. Night's only R-rated movie because there's a lot of people hanging and a guy oh. gets his arm ripped off by a lion because he climbs into a lion cage uh, oh. because he's trying to kill himself. That's aggressive. And so in this book, they're investigating the happening. The, the town that they go through in their spacesuits they there's people there's a kid that killed himself huffing airplane glue uh, that i don't think he i don't think it was from from uh snuffing glue i think he poured it down his throat and asphyxiated himself oh okay but he because the way he he because i had to reread that too because uh -huh. i was confused at like how did he die he actually because stone said he stuck no levitt That's said right. he stuck his hand in his mouth and there was, he felt something hard so he literally suffocated himself to death, but he created a ball in his throat. But he would have, but the thing is he would have had to push it way back because then <sighs> he still would have had to block his nasal passages as well. Oh man. See, that's, it's, it's a yeah. gnarly book when it comes yeah. to the medical gore. And there's yeah. even, there's a very late massacre that oh, yeah. I had forgotten about from the first time I read it. That is horrifying. He says, I love you, Shirley Temple. He totally has one of those lines right before mm -hmm. he blows his brains out, which I was like, oh, my God, it's the last Boy Scout, too. Like, this guy's predicting everything. This guy's yeah. predicting the next 10 years of his career. He's got all these all this stuff in here about he invents HD cameras. He says the double scan uh, cameras are too precise. So we need to use fiber optic cables. I was yeah. like, what year is this? <laughs> yeah. So it, it was it, that, that I caught some of that too. It's like, like what? It's like a lot of these things are present nowadays. Yeah. But then they'll, they'll say getting scanned plates and things like that. Yeah, then it then brings they'll us blow right it. back. They'll blow it. Then <laughs> yeah. It's like, we'll, we'll bring eggs. it right back. Yeah. Or, uh, or I love, I love when they explain to each other how computers work. This computer oh, yeah. can do what, well, okay. Here's, here's the thing about like CSI versus a book like this mm -hmm. is in CSI and shows like that, because the audience doesn't know, doesn't have a medical degree, these smart people have to tell each other this shit that they should know, mm -hmm. right? They're constantly saying, this is how blood coagulation works. Like, why would they be explaining that to their peer of 30 years, right? We need to know that as the audience. So there's mm -hmm. clunky dialogue to make that happen. In a book, the yeah. narrator just gets to say it. Yeah. He just says, this is how blood coagulation works. And he talks about blood coagulation for two pages. And then you get it. If yeah. that was a character that had to explain to another doctor how blood coagulation works. It, You'd have it, to write it and show it in a specific way that was not tedious. Yeah, because that's it what gets, gets it is a lot of tedium. That's the issue with things that are adapted 
yeah. from books or other things like that, just because a lot of it is written in a way where you theater of the mind, where you create all yeah. this stuff in your head. So you have to alleviate some of that stress from the written word to the visual. You uh, have to adapt it. You have to adapt it. Yeah. But they're making movies now for the audience, knowing what the audience wants. They're giving them what they want. And I yeah. think good art gives you something you didn't know you needed. And I completely agree with that. That's why I like, even if it's something like, oh, that's not how I saw this happening. I give the the artist leeway because that is how they interpret it. And this is what I'm paying for their interpretation. And adaptation. Of, uh, yeah. Adapt it. And, exactly. and that's what I, what I mean with the Harry Potter problem is the Harry Potter movies are boring if you've read the books. Yeah. And, and I completely agree. And especially the, it's, it's an interesting thing when you come to the last movie, because that's when they actually did put everything yeah. in the movie. And then you're just like, wait, what am I doing just, here? Yeah. Like you, cause you have to over explain and over show things because mm -hmm. up until that point, even though all these movies were two hours long, you didn't really put much into them. No, and they're all effects-driven yeah. roller coasters. So at the end, to suddenly be like, now it's this literary work we have to adapt every second of. Yeah, because they, they did the same thing money. in Twilight. Watching the Andromeda Strain movie is very, very much like that. It okay. is, it is bone dry. The blood has coagulated. It is. They, they are <laughs> nice all... reference. This is actually my first book from either Crichton or King. Really, that's great. Yeah. Okay, I have read King. Uh, art, uh, uh, work by a king, but it was by a son, and oh, that was Lock and Key. Yeah. Okay. And was so that oh, the, I, the graphic novel, right? The, the graphic comic? novel. I read all of Lock and Key, and that's good. It's the it it is really good. All right. Well, maybe we'll tackle that at some point. I mean, and that, I, I'd be here for it. We said Crichton and King. We didn't specify which king. Which king, or if it's a pseudonym for a hill. Or, or I do have a, a correction. I did listen a little bit of Desolation. Okay. Desolation so, is part of a, a Stephen King, a Stephen King book. There's a two pack. It's yeah. de I think it's Desperation. And I think the other one starts with an R, but there's two books written about the exact same town, just uh, in different, different styles. OK, so he used to write as Richard Bachman and oh. he would write kind of like these are the dirtier, quicker ones. And it's like, you're already pretty dirty and quick, dude. Yeah. Like you're gonna make a... He has some things he needs to work out. He. Uh... <laughs> That guy, we'll get we'll get to King, but let's yeah. let's focus on Crichton for right now. So how did you how, when you saw the facility in your mind, what did it look like? A lot of rooms like uh oh war games came to mind. Okay, a lot. yeah. Like yeah. especially with the turning the key thing. That's yeah, immediately what I thought. Turn your key, soldier. Turn your key. Yeah, that's um, but ooh, that's a reference I didn't know I knew. That's a great movie. <laughs> It is a great movie. The only way to win is to not play. I honestly. Hey, that's another one that almost ends in the destruction. A mutual of annihilation. <laughs> yeah, you didn't realize how much mutual annihilation just kind of well, exists. You know, that's the biggest, that's the driving factor of the Cold War is we could kill each other. So let's yeah. not. Yeah. I, how I viewed it, it was, that's an interesting question. I just pictured a very sterile environment, mm -hmm. like, because everything was circular. So I just imagined like an ongoing corridor kind of like in the matrix like the the highway scene just the yeah. rep repetitive loop i just imagine that over and over again just in a circle just bigger and bigger kind of like um those uh rings you get as a kid like with the different colors like oh yeah so but as like the bottom layer is the biggest 
the the yeah. fourth layer is the the little smaller just so they can all they can all fit in a cone shape that's actually a, an intelligence test for chimpanzees or other intelligent creatures how, how can quickly they, they can yeah how quickly they can change it and put it in the correct order well, you know, if you if you like Michael Crichton and you like studies about chimpanzees, let me recommend Congo, where they do genetic experiments on gorillas and actually don't read Congo. That's the yeah. problem with Crichton is this some of this stuff hasn't aged very well. No. And a lot of it has aged really well in terms of the technology. But when he talks about humans, I think he gets <laughs> a lot of stuff wrong. Yeah. We have to talk about the technology. It's a techno thriller. Okay. There's double scan HD cameras. There's uh -huh. fiber optics. There's the dogs that have been debarked. Mm -hmm. um, but I really like, there's something charming about the plane that can take photos. Oh yeah. And has the ability to process them on yeah. board. Yeah. And I, and I think for people of a certain age, that's really interesting. Yeah. I and loved I, airplanes as a kid. So yeah. that was... <laughs> And that that's kind of the techno thriller stuff is the the stuff that makes you feel like a little kid. And you're like, oh, the universe is boundless. You mm -hmm. know, if you can invent it, it's it, you can make it a reality. And that's kind of the fantasy of it is that this stuff could exist. Like you were saying, the the amino acids test still takes days. Like he was yeah. like, no, this will take five hours eventually. But mind like, you, like it, mine is skewed by the fact that I'm a little smaller hospital. But mm -hmm. even then, the test would take a while regardless. See, that's funny. That's yeah. and and so much of it is so well researched and realistic. Mm -hmm. But I think when something like that doesn't happen, it comes across it, it's almost louder than all the stuff he gets right. You know, when when you read something problematic, like very early on, he says, the Indians called it this, or like biology is the retarded stepchild of oh yeah, of the that, medical was, field. That, was, that was that was rough. Like, our our Chinese about? Gordon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, a, there's and, a no. It was just, literally just a throwaway line because yeah. it had nothing to do with anything that was going on. I've been reading a lot of old classics lately. I've been getting mm -hmm. a lot of free books off of Kindle and trying to get through these books that are considered classics. That's also on my list is reading more classics. Yeah. Like I have The Count of Monte Cristo on Audible that I've been. I'm gonna start re listening to eventually. I'm. I want to read that. I yeah. think that'll be good because apparently really it's like, like the story. best revenge novel ever written. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, it's it, it served so cold. The revenge yeah. is so cold at the yeah. end. Because I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the shit I, out the movie. I love that movie, right? Yeah. With um, Guy Pierce, Guy Pierce, and uh, Henry. No, James Caviezel. Oh, is that James Caviezel? I think it's James Jesus? Caviezel. No, yeah. not no that. Yeah. Yeah. You know who struck by lightning twice when they were making Passion of the Christ? That's a sign. That God hates the movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're one for signs, that's probably a sign you probably shouldn't be making the movie. Signs? But that's neither here nor there. Mel Gibson oh, some, uh, some other, some, Yeah, some other scientific things that I, I, I thought was interesting are just there was only three million people in the world at the time. There's over wow. seven, uh, uh, three billion. Three billion, people, yeah. Think. There's over 7 billion people in the world right now. Yeah, 1960. Uh, yeah, uh, they were doing trials on animals and it was just like, oh, that's fine. But just I mean, bring, scientifically. Bring in another you, monkey, right? Yeah. Like, Have you bring seen we bring it, it in, a, just nonchalantly. Just to a rhesus monkey. There's a, I really like when he explains the different types of testing we do on different animals. Mm -hmm. Like we test cancer drugs on rats and we test like diet drugs on pigs. Like yeah. there are certain. Because like, they're more endocrinologically yeah. similar to humans. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I think that's the, fascinating the, because yeah. it means that there are parts of us in everything. Mm -hmm. 
right? And that's, I think that's the central give and take of a book like this is, okay, is the Andromeda strain, was it, was it designed by somebody? Is there a designer? How come, you know, we think that Crichton thinks that humans are going to mess everything up. Does that mean a perfect system will never exist as long as there's humanity? Does that prove there's a God or disprove that there's a God? The absence of evidence isn't the evidence of absence. Ooh, did you come up with that? Is that Voltaire? <laughs> Our Jules from uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one, one thing I did think was inadvertent. I think he did not intend to, to be as progressive as it came across. Uh-huh. Was very early on, one of those characters, I think it's the guy that comes up with the idea that bacteria can come from space in the first uh-huh. place. He has cheated on his wife with a handsome blonde secretary. And blonde is spelled B-L-O-N-D without the E. And mm-hmm. with the E, that means female. And so the way he's written, it means male. And he said, he, he, calls, he calls the person a handsome blonde secretary because mm-hmm. handsome used to also mean pretty you used to be mm-hmm. able to use that interchangeably but i think he inadvertently made that character gay by uh-huh. using the wrong form of blonde and using the word <laughs> handsome yeah totally inadvertently completely inadvertently oh, and the other uh, thing, a thousand percent i'm sure I, I i almost i would go so far as to say that both Crichton and king hate the humans they both think <laughs> sympathize that, with the oppressors they well maybe not the oppressor well Maybe they will, they will, they will, they will make a point to make you sympathize with the oppressor only to make you feel worse. They love to be impartial and smarter than you are. And, and that, that's an interesting point because there was an instance in the book where he talked about, where they talked about the ethical implications of killing this thing. Because it was yeah. when, they, when they had the thought process that it was indeed when they were talking about the messenger, when it derived from the messenger theory that instead of sending like a physical thing, they would send a organic thing. And then they had the ethical conversation very briefly about whether they should kill it indeed or not kill it because it's a living creature. And then it made me think about what the right to live versus the right to die and that 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 took me down dr kevorkian euthanasia all that kind of things like that and it was like huh the best art makes you think about the real world yeah so i thought that was kind of cool too oh another thing i noticed too i it was interesting to me that when they named this the superpowers are the scientific leaders in the world like if this was written today china would be mentioned right but then China was going through a lot of turmoil and everything. Yeah. So it wasn't even close to being a superpower. Technically today, it's not based on Wikipedia. So who knows? It's it's a burgeoning superpower with the United States still being the only official superpower in the world. Wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. I would have figured Russia. Uh, back then, it was still called the USSR. A book so old, it's still the yes. USSR. Yeah. A book so old, they call it Cracker Jack on the back of the book. <laughs> I saw this thing on Facebook. It says, if you're not a scientist and you disagree with scientists about science, it's actually not a disagreement. You're just wrong. You're seeing the scientific method playing out in front of you yeah. where normally you don't necessarily see that. So right. you get, you science get changes. Yeah. You build upon previous tests. Yeah. But the general consensus does not change throughout. You know, well, this book had no right to be as entertaining as it was. 
not incessantly, but it can, it, at some points it was bogged down with science. Mm-hmm. It was a very specific kind of science, which mm-hmm. could be for the layman, very boring. But I think he, and the payoff is not as big as it could have been at the end, but it was there. Yeah, there's, and- But the... I, I was entertained the whole time. Okay, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I think the book, ultimately, I would say, read it. I would say- oh, I would definitely recommend reading it. I would recommend reading it because it's so gnarly and gruesome that I think it holds up. It, it's just, it's really out there. It's really interesting. He combines the medical aspects of it really well with a mystery. He's not very good at making a relatable character, but I think to an extent, it's not necessary because he's writing from that scientific report point of view. He focuses hard on a specific characteristic of a character, and then that's all that character is. Right. I mean, generally, as human beings, we do have a dominant characteristic of who we are, but to this but point- no like, one's ever one thing. No. The most that he comes up with is someone's hiding their epilepsy. Yeah. And I think that- is another thing where it's like, we have no idea how it could go wrong. Here's another way it could go wrong. The person next to you that's responsible for saving your life could have a seizure based on the pattern of the lights on the wall. Like that is very paranoid thinking. Uh And I think the Cold War informs that 70s paranoia. And I think Crichton was one of the authors of 70s paranoia with stuff like this. Would not be surprised if he was a QAnon person now, if he was alive now. Well, you, you'd be disappointed in his views on climate change. <laughs> he doesn't think he didn't, at least while he was alive, he didn't think there was enough science to, uh, to prove it. And he's, he, there's actually a book called State of Fear that he wrote that is about Greenpeace being the architects of climate change as a movement and how did he, did he write that as himself money. or was that one of his pseudonyms no the pseudonyms were all early the pseudonyms oh. are all early like uh, hard crime novels or like adventure novels like clive Cussler novels um but the the andromeda strain is the first one he published as michael Crichton. i think he published a a book called five patients it's about the experiences of five patients as they go as they're diagnosed to, you know, them leaving the hospital. Uh, It's very detailed. It's very in-depth. And he pitched it as a TV show and all the networks hated it. And he ended up trying to get it made for 20 years. And that's what ended up becoming ER. Interesting. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate that. I enjoyed this novel. Felt it in my soul. Okay. In what way? Like, and this is a good way to end it. I felt immediately, I think that's what, what what hooked me is that it was about a phenomenon happening that was analogous to today the unknown the the ever-changing looks on it throughout the whole book big brains thinking about things figuring out figuring things out just the not really knowing what it is uh, the mystery of it i read a nora roberts book recently wasn't Uh bad that's but, a romance novel, right? Uh, she it was actually a fantasy book she wrote. It was a it was a it was a science it was the end of the world apocalypse book where a virus comes over and starts killing people. Man, you really but then it also the awakens the magic in oh, people. Jesus. Yeah, so it's it's actually an interesting oh, book. There's a HBO show with roughly that yeah. plot. The the left no the leftovers no, it, no it's something like that though it's something ironic the you never would have thought about them or something like that you know it's, I, 
the ones you it, counted it's out. Like, it's like on the tip of my tongue. It, it's the Joss Whedon show, and then they had to take his name off of it because he got canceled during while the first season <laughs> came out. Uh, the Nevers. Then there you go. Thank you. The Nevers. I think I said never would have guessed them, right? Yeah, never would have guessed them. That's, but that's actually it it's on my list of shows to watch. I have a but, long list of shows to watch. Yeah, everyone does. It's yeah. there's too much media now. So thank you for having me. Thank you for being on the inaugural episode of Just Crichton and King. There's been so many books and so much adaptations of the, both their works that this could go on forever. If people want to hear more from you, Chris, where can they hear from you? I have my own podcast with a buddy of mine. Uh, Daniel is actually, I'm sorry, DK Smith Ooh. Uh, has uh, guested on my pod a couple times. Uh, that's the because why not with Chris and Kevin you can find it wherever you find all your podcasts it is not it is not about anything particular we talk about any and everything because why not uh, it's so, a great podcast check it out and uh, you can find me you can if you want to read my book Prombies about zombies at a prom in 1994 you can check it out on Amazon search for Prombies uh, I'm also on Twitter and that's it for Just Crichton and King our next episode will be Carrie so if you want to read or watch Carrie I recommend reading it the if you're going to watch a movie version and you don't have much time watch the Brian De Palma version uh, and we will see you next time bye bye Avita Zan Okay, I'm going to spend the next 30 years cutting that into something <laughs> usable. <laughs>